types of Dobermans though you have the euro which you'll get up to like 100 to 120 pounds they're like monsters they're like damn near the size of rottweilers big heads and then you have american like standards so european standard and then uh -huh. american standard and the american one will get like kino size maybe a little bit bigger but the yeah. thing is is unfortunately the breed has really declined over the past 20 years because of like backyard breeding and stuff so wow. a lot of them have like heart um defects oh no so if you were going to get a doberman i would really advise that you like check the heart of like the parents and make sure that you know the testing comes back really good and make sure that it's somebody reputable mm -hmm. and because if you just get it off of like craigslist there's literally like a 60 percent chance that it has some sort of like a higher risk of going into heart failure oh. just because it's like the way that the things the dogs design stuff like that but uh super loyal dogs very cool the difference between kino and other dogs though like the belgian melanois is uh -huh. people think it's like a german shepherd but the thing is uh -huh. is if i gave you the keys to like any sports car right like you're a car guy too we'll make sure oh, yeah. to get into some cars i've been seeing your stories and stuff yeah. if i gave you like a ferrari you'd understand how to drive it you would you might not be able to race it do anything like that like the average person though if i gave you the keys to my ferrari you'd be like all right yeah i can take it somewhere yeah. kino's like giving the keys to a plane like, you would get in the cockpit of a plane and you're like, I don't even fucking know where the key goes. Like, I don't know what's going on because he <laughs> has so much drive. It's like, it's not like a German Shepherd. A German Shepherd, if you're ever getting chased by a German Shepherd, you could probably get away. Like, they'll chase you for two blocks, you know, be like, ah, oh, fuck that. He's getting away. A Belgian oh. Melanois is going to chase you to Sacramento. He's just <laughs> going to go and go and go. And, like, he's super friendly because, obviously, like, I brought him in. He saw you're with me, stuff like that. He comes in. But if you try to come in by yourself and he's getting a weird look in his eyes, you just fucking you're flip done. out. Yeah, you just fucking flip out. Like, Kino will take the bicep off your arm. Just He'll just start coming in. And it's one of those things where, like, if you're interested, man, he would love to get on the sleeve and just go throw you around a little bit because you think that you everybody has this plan most guys have this plan like oh yeah if i got bit by a dog man i'm gonna give him this arm and then i'm gonna be fucking him up with this arm <laughs> and then i'm gonna do this i'm this kino so fast that he does things that your brain doesn't even process like your eye like his fast twitch muscles uh -huh. are legit just like he'll vibrate and you're like holy fuck like there's some times where maybe i'll get him when he's asleep or something i'll grab and he'll like fucking move i'm like oh shit my bad but he'll grab an arm like i've been able to pin and i wrestle with kino every day i've been able to pin him maybe twice his whole life, like three times, like really legit be like, I have this dog. You know, usually you can grab a dog and be like, oh yeah. yeah. No, he just wiggles and he works it and he's like a cage fighter and you just can't get it because he'll get your arm. Uh -huh. And then the second you think about hitting this arm, he's already switched to the other arm. So now you're like, fuck, this arm's fucked. And then God forbid he gets your throat and starts locking in on your throat and it's just yeah. like, he starts thrashing. But it's poetry. I've designed that dog to be one of the premier animals in Southern California but I love training dogs. I've been doing it literally since West High. And, oh, no. you know, at a high level. And, you know, you just get good. It was an accident, though. Is that the next business idea? No, that was the last business idea. I oh, retired really? from dogs during COVID, man. Oh, okay, I had okay. all of um, the whole South Bay, man. I was training dogs everywhere. Everything from oh. El Porto down to PV. Just training, walking, boarding them. Shit, man. People were paying me, like, 
a hundred to two hundred bucks a night to like stay at their houses down there in Hermosa for like let's say a week or something. Oh damn! I was making more money at the end of like our high school career mm -hmm. than like fucking the teachers coming in. Like I was like right there with them. I was That's like, no. Crazy. So it was just one of those things where I've always been just a thoroughbred entrepreneur since. Dude, as lit. long as I can remember. Lemonade stands, fucking selling candy, like whatever uh -huh. you want to do. But I respect that. Let's get into it, man. Let me yeah, go ahead and do that. the intro here and we'll be ready to go, all right? Sounds good. Welcome to Natural Thoughts and Talks. I'm your host, Venture O'Neill, and we got a good one for you guys. Go ahead and introduce yourself, brother. Give us your name and where you're from. All right, what's up, guys? I'm Jalen James Allen. I am from the South Bay, Torrance, California. And uh, I've been an athlete pretty much my entire life. Right now I'm going to nursing school. and Oh, uh, nursing, yeah. huh? Yeah, sir. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's such a good field. Yeah, I appreciate it. What are you in right now? Track, right? So you're actively, I know practice is probably starting up pretty pretty soon. Have you guys started yet or what? Well, actually, as far as track, I have uh -huh. no idea because I stopped last season. Okay. Yeah, because at the beginning of my uh, college career, well, track career, I guess you could say, my father's always been telling me, hey, as soon as you start uh, nursing school, you're going to have to stop this so you could focus on that. Mm -hmm. I was like, that kind of sucks because I've been running track pretty much my entire life. In elementary school, they had this like program. I think it was like every Fridays where you could go to West High and go run. So I started doing that in like fourth grade. And then middle school, they stopped having that, obviously. So I played every other sport. Same with high school, but then always stuck with track as well as playing other sports throughout the years. And uh, yeah. Yeah, are you? So were you born in the South Bay? Where were you born? I was actually born in Inglewood, but as far as I can remember, I've always lived in Torrance, though. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, how old are you? I'm 20. 20, okay. I'm 23. So, when I remember you, because I was a senior and you were a freshman then, I think that's yeah. how it divvied up. And I remember you always just, you, I don't know, I kind of saw similarities to where I go like, oh, there's another handsome light-skinned guy right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's yeah. very... We're kind of rare, you know, oh, just to be that tall, tan, and terrific. That's what oh, I say, and that's what I tell tall, Hannah. Tall, tan, and terrific. You can have that one. I'll give you that one. <laughs> but to be this tall, tan, and terrific, it's always good to see strong potential. And that's yeah. what I do. I think that's one of my best qualities, honestly, is seeing as a leader certain people and certain talents. And I go like, oh, that guy's got a great vibe. I think he's got something. You know what I mean? And I try to just come over and, you know, not like teach or fucking do anything weird, but just have try to develop a relationship. Yeah, you I know? appreciate that. So, yeah, because I remember you always coming over to practice. I think you played football too, right? Yep. Yeah, I'd always see you every time we'd walk by, say what's up. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's pretty chill. Yeah, so I've been following you, you know, watching you get over to Elko, do your thing, and just ultimately like get into nursing school. That's awesome. What made you sort of have that passion? Was it somebody in your family or what? Yeah, so my mother's a clinical nurse supervisor and labor and delivery nurse. Uh, my grandmother's also a labor and delivery nurse. Oh, wow. So it's in the family, huh? Oh, yeah. My aunts, a couple of them. And uh, yeah, and my parents have always told me, he was like, all right, son, well, if you don't really know what you're going to do, make sure you get into nursing because it's a great background. You could become a nurse anywhere in the world. You have travel nursing where they pay you to go out and travel. And you can make like 10K a week possibly. And there's there's nothing going wrong with that. Really? You hear yeah. that? Uh-huh. Damn fucking Amber Alarm. Yours too now. Yep. Oh, my bad. But anyways, 
as far as nursing goes, I just saw, that's the cool part about this show is like, we're not trying to be perfect. We're just trying to be authentic. Like that's yeah. my passion is just be as real as possible. And now you hear Hannah's in there too. That's funny. <laughs> uh -huh. All three of them, like fuck those kids. But <laughs> um, nursing, dude, I guess Kaiser's on strike right now. Did really? you see something about that? Let me no, look I that haven't. up real quick. There's literally like a nursing, I think with three states or five states. Let me Google it right now. Nursing strike that's or what crazy. is it? Will nurses strike in one of the largest? Could be next. Registered nurses at Kaiser Permanente in San... Yeah, over 75,000 workers Whoa. are about to go on strike, apparently. Something about that. You got to look into that. But yeah. yeah. Dude, nursing, super cool. Oh, I yeah. think... I What was I going to say? As far as like nursing goes, it's important. Like, yeah. it's vital. It's one of those things. Even like being a male nurse, too... I think that stigma is definitely lifted too to where yeah. like I know definitely in my circle like two or three guys that are in there and they want to be right. like um what's the one where you help put people under it's like a I think that's a nurse anesthetist That is it right there. Yeah, yeah so that's what they're doing but like is there a specific lane you want to go into? Well, I want to get into ER nursing cuz I feel like that's the most interesting cuz you know I don't want to get into a job where it's like same thing over and over and it gets boring. So mm -hmm. I think ER nurse would be lit. It's always something new every day. Are yeah. you cool with blood and stuff? Like you're good with all that? Because I feel like I'm good with anything. Bring me anything, uh, I could do it. Yeah, I uh, like that, man. And that's a good mentality to have. But I just see other people like bleeding and stuff like that. And I think I don't have, that's what it is. I'm not very nurturing in that mm -hmm. aspect where I'm kind of just like, oh, what'd you, you got stabbed. I think a Band-Aid will be all right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like you, just roll it up. But I'm also that way with my own body too, where like yeah. I'm getting better at like recovering and nutrition and things like that to where I used to, especially as an athlete, just fucking go hard, 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 and then never really recovered. And you know what no. I mean? I just lift heavy, lift heavy, keep going, going, going. And then- Obviously, you can't keep that pace up. Like, now oh, yeah. I really know that, like, recovery is vital. So, yeah, facts. that's super cool, though. But what else have you been getting into lately? A whole bunch of car shows, actually. And that's the whole, really, so my passion is cars, right? Mm -hmm. My whole life, my father, well, actually, the marriage gift to my mother from my father was a 1966 Ford Mustang, which you've probably seen in my story. It's the one I drive all is the time. Is that the blue one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, he gave that to my mother. Before I was even born. So my whole life, I've always heard a startup of a nice V8 rumble. And I'm like, wow, what is that? That mm -hmm. sounds amazing. And so that that started my tick of uh, of cars. So my whole life, I've always been following cars, watching YouTube on cars. And uh, yeah, and recently my father actually gave it to me because uh, I guess years ago, my father had a, um, I think it was a 2012 GMC Denali. And it had like satellite radio, it had a TV where you could watch whatever. My mom was all like, oh, I like that. So my dad was all like, all right, I'll trade you the Mustang for it. So they did that. And then my dad said, all right, son, I'll give you the Mustang once you graduate college. But then he kind of just gave up on it. He's like, all right, it's yours now. So oh, like, that's right, awesome. Dad, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, man, that's really cool keeping things in the family. And it's nice that he's able to like keep up with it yeah. so that now you have the discipline to really keep things going. But. My family's sort of the opposite is they let their cars run down the shitter and then yeah. it just sits in the garage. So like... My grandfather has like three old square bodies just sitting right there, like just ready to get restored. He's got like, a, he literally has, I think, three square bodies in the backyard. He has a Coupe de Ville that's just broken down sitting in the driveway, like a maybe a 71, like Cadillac Coupe oh, de Ville just sitting there, like 
the long body white oh, wall yeah. tire like like a Real classic nice yeah. and then he has like an 82 or 84 like corvette just sitting there so like he's a cool car guy he yeah. just became a hoarder and like didn't keep up with them <laughs> and the best thing though is that they are in the desert like they're in barstow right now and they're not resting so like well, you know when it sits there in that desert air yeah it'll it could be a hundred years go by and like right. things will still be like all right let's time to get it so when oh, he dies and finally lets go of him or something, I think I'll start the process. Because oh, yeah. I'm a truck guy. Like, oh, really? that's my thing is I love the idea of being able to go anywhere. Like, yeah. whenever you want, haul uh, anything you ever want. Like, show cars are nice. Mustangs, muscle cars are, like, super dope. But at the end of the day, like, I just like being high up. I like being able to hit something with a steel body and just be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm fine. Hannah's hung safe. He, she can hit whatever curbs she wants, stuff yeah. like that. So I feel you. Yeah, I I was also having this thought recently because I feel the same way. I like the usability of a truck and the versatility of it. But I was thinking like, man, if I hit the lottery, G63 or the brand new Raptor R with the supercharged yeah. V8. Yeah. And I still don't know. The Raptor. The Raptor R? I would go Raptor, yeah. Oh my God, I just saw the new Hummer EV SUV. Have oh, you seen same. that in person Yeah, yet? I saw one last night actually. I saw one literally for, they just came out then because I saw one, I think, two or three days ago on the highway. It's so nice. Like Dude, they're massive. That's what I was saying is the truck is kind of shitty. Like I don't, as far as trucks go, that no. Hummer truck, it's not as wide as I would like it to be. And it doesn't, the bed space isn't as big as like, I have an 07 Ram that like, uh -huh. it's, you know, the last of the big American bodies but. and that Hummer SUV, I told Hannah, I was like, you should buy that right fucking now. Cause it <laughs> is a wide body that is big. And like, it's, oh, it's yeah. a fucking Hummer. Like they really delivered Thanks. with that one. Yeah. That's the only electric car that I would drive. But <laughs> it's yeah, like, but it's kind of funny because my truck did recently, it, like I'm having a cylinder issue or a piston issue. So I, mm. my dad actually came down and we towed it back to Vegas so it's in his garage right now because I didn't want to keep moving it on the side streets. Yeah. So I bought a 2014 Ford Fusion just for like work to commute and like uh -huh. super good on gas, like good economy car. And I'm zipping right. around town. Like I forgot just driving uh -huh. a giant boat like everywhere you go. <laughs> Even you see the streets and the parking around Long oh, yeah. Beach. It's like I have to be so careful with everything. But in this car, I'm just like fucking swinging lanes and like getting everywhere. Right. And it's like super cool. How many siblings do you have? I have uh, two older sisters okay yeah. oh so you're the youngest boy then huh yes sir. what's that like does that kind of like give you a different perspective on women um you know that's an interesting point because my homeboy he was telling me he was like if i were to have kids i would have a daughter first and then my sons and i was like why he's all like well because then it teaches the son to have respect for for women pretty much i was like yeah that's about the point and then i was thinking about it i was like but if you do have a son before the daughter, the daughter, the son will still have respect for the woman as well as he will learn to protect them. Yeah. So I'm like, to me, it really doesn't matter. And as far as my case, I don't know. I mean, I have, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't feel like it really changed anything. Uh, I look up to my sisters. I have respect for them. I protect them even though I'm the youngest. Yeah. But I feel like that's the role of a man, so... Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty chill. Yeah, I like that a lot, dude. I think I, if I could pick, I would do all one way or all another way. So I would love to have like six or seven daughters. Sure. That'd be awesome. But I'd also love to have six or seven boys right. and just kind of let it ride however it rides. Like if we have boys and we just want to just 
go off-roading or fucking surf or just like i could imagine the house is going to be just absolute <laughs> chaos because i'm definitely the type of dad that would be like oh yeah cool we want to like get guns and stuff hell yeah like just don't shoot well, each other fair. you know what i mean or uh-huh. you want to like go blow some stuff up all right let's figure it out like <laughs> you're like 12 and you want to because did you like as far as driving goes did your parents let you drive at a pretty young age Oh, yeah. Um, growing up, I've always had go-karts, dirt bikes, uh, pocket bikes, and four-wheelers and all that stuff. So I've always been accustomed to driving. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, we just got back from our um, like yearly jet ski to Catalina trip. Oh, nice. I usually try to take like the family and friends and stuff and get oh. out there on monday and it's funny because hannah is like still sore it was two days ago really? but yeah i love like that was my shit is i love jet skis and boats so as far as like okay. toys go i think as life gets more hectic on land with work and you know family and everything no. like that i'm gonna get into sailing so oh, yeah like, that'd be nice it would be my dream to have just like a 55 60 foot like catamaran sailboat and just cruise around and you know go anywhere so, oh yeah i feel you but I'm a big time water guy, you know. Really? What Same. about you? Yeah, I grew up around water. I like water, but to me, it's just anything with a motor. I'm I'm fixated on it. Yeah. So yeah, boat, whatever. Yeah, that's so funny. And then it's just weird though, because you got electric cars coming in, and it's just not the same vibe. It's not, but they can do it. Like the Hummer is cool. You know, you can yeah. have. You just have to have that like power and reliability, I guess, and to just be able to get up some shit and get off and go i think that electric cars or electric vehicles have their own purpose like boats they could be electric maybe not like the speed boats that always have those big v8s in the Uh back um luxury cars could have uh an electric motor because it's quiet but as far as sports cars and supercars it has to have a motor i think that's like the main thing of sports cars the fact that you could crank it you have this giant vibration of a giant motor just blowing up behind you yeah yeah that, that's just amazing you need that dude that's super cool but before we started recording remember you were talking about we wanted to kind of transition into you were asking about like kind of networking and how you're sort of starting to be more intentional with kind of the maybe group in the crew that you're going to roll with and yeah. i guess at this stage of your kind of academic career are you in your third year second year what year are you in right now uh, this is going to be my third year so in your third year, so you got to finish this year up, and then you got one more, and then they pretty much just give you a piece of paper and say, good luck. Oh, God. You know? So that's one of those things where you got the nursing thing kind of figured out, and that's really yeah. cool. But what are your thoughts as far as people connecting in school? Because I've only been out for, you know, not too long, but I just remember, especially over COVID and even like towards the back end of COVID, you would come in, not talk to anybody, right? And then class is over and everybody just fucking hauls ass out, right? But yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be college. It's supposed to be like your connection years and nobody wants to talk to anybody. Thanks. How are you feeling? Well, for me, being at Elko, I almost feel like it's just a, an extension of high school. To me, that's how it feels like. Because uh, I've been to different uh, college campuses and it's, it's a completely different vibe. Mm-hmm. A lot more people. They seem more sociable. But so for me at Elko... I've pretty much just gone to class, and that's pretty much it. And then uh, I was talking about earlier how my friend was saying, yeah, like, I don't get how people could just do that. Like, life's really about networking, especially going to college and all that stuff. I was like, damn, that's an interesting point. And then uh, last week, actually, I went to class, and then I saw a few of my homies from high school and uh, this one person that was on my track team. So I'm just saying what's up to them. I was like, wow, that low-key put a smile to my face. Like, that was nice. So I'm like, okay, 
And then I thought about what my homie was saying. I was like, shoot, all right, maybe I should just start going to class, networking with people, meeting new people, seeing how different people are, and just getting a feel for, for how people could be. Mm, I like that. And I think one of the weird barriers, though, is just with people our age following up. Like people, yeah. you know, you, you you can hit 10 people up, right? And it's always like, a, oh, I'm busy or I got this going on. Or maybe they say, hey, can you come do this Thursday at 12 o'clock? And then it's like a no, but yet you also don't give. Like if you if you ask me, hey, can you be here somewhere Thursday at 12 o'clock? I'd be like, oh, hey, I have a meeting, but I can do three. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'll do three. Like it's just common sense to be like, I can't do this, but I can do that. Can we make it work? But yeah, fuck. It's just kind of a weird thing with connections that... It's just like dropping off a little bit. Like people aren't really valuing that as much. And yeah, I, I think, yeah. And what are your thoughts on that? I think it has something to do with COVID. I feel like after COVID, everybody just got used to staying in their own room, being to themselves, just going on social media. And it just made people less sociable. You were in high school during COVID, huh? I was, yeah. So were the last two years of your high school, yeah. like online and stuff? Uh-huh. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Oh, God. But at least I still had practice though. So I still went... And saw people in person there. No? Yeah. Yeah, man. That's like, because I, I was telling Hannah that too. I was like, at least that it's in college. And like, college is whatever you want it to be. You know, yeah. like you can have the best time or you can just, you can kind of be like me where I just needed to skip over it. I knew that all the shit that I wanted to do was afterwards because I knew that I was just, wasn't really going to learn anything. I knew that I was building businesses just coming in. I was building a business in fucking high school. You know, <laughs> like it was just, I didn't need a business degree to continue doing what I was doing because no disrespect to like the professors and shit like that, but it didn't seem like they had their life figured out, quote unquote. <laughs> so yeah. like, I thank you for being here. They're very important and shit. But as far as my individual case, uh -huh. I have certain goals and aspirations to do yeah. whatever the fuck I want. I feel you because in COVID, I was watching a bunch of motivational stuff and a bunch of uh, entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And so I pretty much had that same mindset. And uh, that's also part of why I just went to class just to go to class because my thought was, all right, my passion is in cars. It's not really in nursing. But my parents uh, have kind of implemented in my mind that this is a great thing to do. So then after watching all those videos, I kind of put two and two together, got my life figured out. And I'm like, all right, bet. So I'm going to go to school, become a nurse. After two years of being a nurse, I'm going to do travel nursing, live with my parents, save up as much cash as possible, and then I'm going to buy properties, either residential or commercial, but I'm thinking more commercial, and then uh, just start an empire off that, mainly so I could have a car collection of my dreams. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good plan. I like that a lot. Um, how is your like dynamic at home? Because I remember my parents, or just kind of the way that, or I want to see if our parents are similar or different. My parents were so quick to kick me out of the nest. Like, that was the vibe of like, hey, it was almost to the point where they were like, we're going to make it shittier here at home uh -huh. so that you'll want to leave so that you'll be able to kind of call your own shots and things like that but uh -huh. if they had more of which hannah's parents are way different hannah's parents are like you know hey live here like as long as you need to just obviously like have goals have dreams and stuff like that i think they were just so fearful of having like a crackhead deadbeat loser son or something <laughs> like that which i never showed any signs or symptoms towards any of that yeah so like are you able to, I say, ride that wave as long as you can. Like, yeah. as long as your parents are open to help you out and, you know, provide housing and stuff like that. 
fucking do it right use it up and it's rough out here in socal it's competitive oh god it is yeah, yeah. and that's exactly how my parents are they've always said that like hey yeah if you want to stay here for as long as possible save up cash go ahead and do so that's awesome no, yeah sir. that's a super good resource to have and like that's really going to be able to put you ahead if you're intentional with it and it sounds yeah. like you are but yeah dude what would you say some of your biggest like worries are or stuff that you're figuring out right now kind of at this stage of life I'd say my biggest worry is getting through nursing school because mm -hmm. that's that's the first main goal that I need to accomplish in order for my whole plan to fall through. Yeah. Do uh, you have a do you have a girlfriend? No, I don't. So you're in nursing school and you don't have a girlfriend? Yep. And that's intentional because all my friends always say that stuff. They're like, oh, why don't you have a girl? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man. I've had my fair share of talking to girls and, and being with them and stuff. And I feel like it takes... A lot of time away from not only yourself, but away from your purpose. And this is my opinion. Yeah. Obviously, I see you with your business doing well. But uh, I just feel like with all the extra time and money, I could use that to my advantage to then put myself ahead. So then once I am stable, then I could go and pursue a go. I like that. Yeah, I like that idea that you got. I think the cool part about me is like, I also, I don't give a fuck what you do. <laughs> like I, I do, but I also don't. Like yeah, it's yeah. one of those things where I support you as long as your uh, work aligns with your goals and passions. Fucking do whatever you want to do. But yeah, I like the idea that I had my I had my mentor now, whose office I work out of. He's um the very very successful financial advisor. He's number I think like fifty four on the Forbes list for the top one hundred advisors in America, in the oh, United damn. States. And he told me when I was like 16, because I obviously was like, hey, I'm trying to get into this business. He's like, you're 16. Get the fuck out of here. Like, go to college. <laughs> uh -huh. And here's what you do. Go to college. Don't rack up a crazy amount of debt. Maybe if you're lucky, you'll be able to get, you know, some pretty blonde or something like that. He didn't say pretty blonde, but he was like, you know, find a, a girlfriend maybe and, you know, just get out here and come speak to me when we get out of school, right? Yeah. And then basically get out of school, right? They give me my degree. I go to Europe. That's where Hannah's from Sweden. I don't know if you knew that. But we go to Europe for like a couple weeks, come back, sleep for three days straight. And then as soon as I woke up, I gave that guy a call. Uh -huh. And he was like, okay, you're ready. You got your degree and stuff. Okay, come in like tomorrow. And then I came in and basically I've just been like working since. So oh. what I do is I have a passion for just providing value and helping people sort of grow wealth because the thing that i saw in my just as a kid was a my parents had me very young so obviously like finances can be a strain on young families and oh, yeah. things like that right it's money's important right it's like it's one of those things where if you don't have it it's the most important thing but if you have it it's like the least important thing right <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's one of those things where people really it's their number one worry so it didn't make sense for me to become like a coach let's say and then do coaching and then get paid for that. I just always wanted to work around finances. It's oh. just a world that was like, it's a sport. It really is like business and finance is its own sport. You can never get bored. You're always training. You're never going to know everything, no matter no. how long you've been in it. And it's always evolving. And it's just one of those things where like, that's where I like to help people. Because people oh. always say they're going to they're gonna get around to it. Or they're going to save more. Or they're going to do this. And it's like, no. You say that, but when are you actually going to do it? It's like working yeah, out. Right. So just like police officers protect people's bodies, I protect people's wallets, you know? Yeah, so like that's kind of, 
that's like what I like to do. But yeah, man, it's just one of those things where once you get out though, and you get independent, whenever that time does come and you're able to call those shots, dude, uh-huh. shit, that car thing, man. Like, do you make any content for your car currently? I do actually. Well, not for the Mustang, no, but uh, for supercars, when I go out to um, meets and stuff on Saturdays, yeah, because uh, my mother, she has a uh, an Nikon D700 camera that she doesn't use anymore, so uh, she let me borrow it, so every Saturday, I'd be going to car shows and meets and just taking pictures of the cars and videos, and then I made a TikTok and then an Instagram account where I'd be posting the pictures. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to follow those. What's the right. What's the name of the Instagram? Uh, the Instagram is, what is it? Yup Photography. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to them. Yeah, All appreciate right. it. Appreciate yeah. it. I'm going to check that out. What would you say your like top three favorite cars of all time are? Top three of all time. And are you going based off of performance? Are you going off a of look? Like what, what is the vibe that you would go for? I would go for look, sound. Oh, sound's a good one. Yeah. Look, sound, and... Uh, way it drives or based how people say it drives yeah so i'd go a 991.2 gt3 with a manual oh a lamborghini aventador sv that's nice and then what color definitely a bright color i'm thinking yellow maybe yeah yellow would be dope i'd do like a like an electric blue oh yeah those are nice too yeah and then uh ultimate a pagani huayra bc Oh, the Paganis are dope. Oh, yeah. I'd fuck with one of those. I would say my top three would be, I can't pronounce it, but I know it's a Swedish company. Those Koenigs. Oh, Koenigs eggs? Yes. Yeah, I, I'm not even sure if I'm saying it right. Yeah. yeah. I know. We'd have to call Hannah in here to get that. <laughs> but it, it's, that's, those are hard. I'd oh, yeah. fuck with those. Insane. And the next two that I would pick just straight off of like vibe, because when I get into a car, I want it to take me somewhere. Yeah. I want it to actually be a museum. I want it to go like, oh, I feel connected to something that is maybe different from myself. Right. So number two would be a 96 Impala SS. Why? Okay. Because that was one of the first cars that my dad had when I was a kid. Maroon, you know, with the uh, the big rims and the Corvette engine in it and just like cruising around. He's a big guy and those seats are like lazy boys and it oh, would yeah. just be awesome. I'd, so I'd get an Impala. And then I think number three would probably be like a maybe a 78 Ford Bronco. That oh. would be really nice. Oh, yeah, that the would SUV, be cool. Or like an old K5 Blazer oh, yeah. would be just the big bodies. That'd be Facts. perfect. Oh, God. But yeah, cars are the best. Like the vibe. That's what I go for. It's yeah. just when you look at them, you understand. Like you get the environment that it's in. Like you look at oh, a, God. A, a Ford Bronco, you're like, oh, that's American as fuck. Like yeah. you get that. Like there's a cowboy that's driving that or something like that. Like a real manly man. And then you see like a Porsche. And you're like, oh, that guy probably wears gloves and you know what I mean? Like, fine yeah, like he drinks coffee and tea and you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. So it's just cool how much they have their personalities and it kind of sucks because I think they're losing that too. Yeah, facts. That's okay. An interesting point because my dad on his free time, he loves to buy and sell cars. So me loving cars, I always drive every single one of them. And one thing that really stood out to me about driving different cars is that Literally every single car has its own personality and its own way that it wants to be driven. Mm. And so to me, I kind of define that as in like driving is an art form. And so you have to learn how to, you know, use the stencil in the right way. Yeah. And so, yeah like a certain nice. level of finesse, a certain level of, you know, get up and go, things like that. I like yeah, that. Facts. That's a good point. What did your dad do for a living? 
Uh, he's actually a police officer. Oh, cool. Yeah, sir. What city? Um, West LA. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, nice. And then your mom was in nursing, right? Correct. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, How did they meet? It. Do you know? Yeah. So um, my mother's parents actually had a video store in, I think it was in Inglewood. Don't quote me. Something like that. And um, my father, he was at home and uh, uh, he had a single mother growing up. And so they were cleaning up the house and she was like, all right, James, go return this, this DVD or whatever they had back then. So he went to the video store to go return it. And then he saw my mother there. He was like, wow, I got to go back. And so he ended up going back, uh, got her number somehow or her pager. And then, uh, yeah, this was when they were, I want to say 17, 18. And they went on their first date in uh, my dad's old VW bug that he had back in the day oh. with rims painted. It was two-tone. Yeah. And uh, I remember he told me on the way to the movies, uh, the car ran out of gas. So he had to go run up a hill like three miles to go fill up the gas. And it was, it was just crazy. Oh, that's yeah. what's up. Yes, yeah, so they got a little movie day. Yeah. I, I fuck with the VW bug only if have you ever seen that really rare like rv that you can get to tow on a vw bug oh yeah yeah and i saw like an internet meme and you like have to reverse to kind of turn it around and stuff <laughs> yeah, but facts. i'd Those cruise in that yeah really? i'd cruise around in that one uh do you good. have any car shows planned up because i know there's a japanese car show down here in long beach like next really? i think it's on sunday mm. or it might be the week after that but like my weekends are so booked up right now. Like we're out of town for the third week and then the fourth week of October. So like, where are you guys going? We have a cabin that we're going to stay at oh, um, nice. the third weekend. Like some family friends are going to Airbnb it. So we're doing like the test run. Okay. So it was really nice. They were like, yeah, go stay up there for free. I was like, hell yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so we can take Kino and run around the forest and stuff like that. And then we're going uh, up to Vegas to meet my parents. Oh, they nice. stay in Vegas uh, for... The uh, Indian Finals Rodeo Show down oh, at the okay. South Point. So we're going to go to the rodeo there. And then my cousin, is uh, he's playing football in college. So we got to go catch his game down. He's playing up in Utah. So oh, nice. That's Damn. what we'll be doing. But yeah, so yeah, it's real pack. a little hectic. And then I think I'm taking November off. Like I'm just staying local <laughs> and working Luffy. and stuff like that. But okay. yeah. How about like traveling and stuff? I know you're a big car guy, but do you like to travel? Oh, yeah. I love traveling anytime I can. So I'll go anywhere with my friends. Uh, this, I want to say maybe a little less than a month ago, I went on a, it was like a camp for the masjid, which is like the Muslim church with uh, all my friends and stuff. So we went there for four days. And then uh, in the summer, we went to Arizona. Are you Muslim? Group. I'm actually... I'm trying to be. I'm going to be soon. Probably okay. by the time this is up, I will be. That's cool. Yeah, appreciate that. So by the time this is up, this will be out tomorrow, man. Oh, for real? Yeah. yeah. I like to crank okay, them out by now. by Friday. By Friday, I probably will be. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. yeah. Congrats on that. Thank you. Thank that's you. That's super cool. What like prompted your decision to do that? Was it like friends that influenced it? or? Yeah. So my two best friends, which are twins, uh, they've grown up being Muslim because the parents are from Sudan and Egypt. And uh, I met them in kindergarten. And uh, since then, obviously, I've been like best friends with them. So I've been exposed to the, to, the, to the Muslim world by them. And then through them, through their masjid, actually, they, uh, they have a bunch of other friends that they've pretty much grown up with. And so throughout schooling, in middle school and high school, I've met them. And since they share the same values and I'm best friends with these guys, we share the same values. So... So we pretty much all clicked as soon as we uh, met each other. So that's that's our click, and that's how I got into it. I like that. That's dope, man. 
Do you have a passport? I do. Yeah. That's one of the things that I've kind of been keying on since I've gotten out of school is looking at what you're building as we obviously have this American bubble that you kind of feel when you yeah. leave that, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we really don't talk about other countries a lot. We don't talk about other places, other religions a lot like that. No. And it really allows me that like traveling allows me to sort of connect and understand and just really kind of try to build something like this podcast, let's say this podcast isn't something that I just want to do in Southern California. I'd like to build this thing up and do live shows all over the world. Oh, yeah, that'd be lit. The cool part is that I'm so young that I can build it for the next 10 years and I'll still only be fucking 30. So, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like a really cool thing to sort of like find your passion or at least what you're passionate about now and then really put all your energy and all your effort because one of the kind of craziest things that people around us that I'm seeing, the difference between people who are really kind of on top of it and people who aren't on top of it is just the effort that they're giving into it, right? So it's yeah. like that you can do literally whatever the fuck you want. Now we live in an age where you can do whatever the fuck you want and yet so many people are doing nothing, right? Or so I'm many God. people are consuming more than they're producing, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's where I'm kind of like, no, man, I... Yeah, I fall prey to the same scrolling and Netflix and all that other bullshit. But at the same time, I'm putting equal amount of time, if not more amount of time in creating shit for other people to like yeah. vibe with. And that's like the cool part about building a network and being a part of something like what you're, you know, on the show doing is you get to meet new people, you get to connect, you get to share ideas. And that's what it's about, right? Oh, God. But traveling where if you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would you want to go? Lake Como, Italy. Ooh. Yeah. I think I've saw, seen that one on Instagram a few from? times. Yeah, yeah, beautiful place, man. Love it. Plus, Ferrari and Lamborghini originated from Italy. Oh, so really? Yeah. So they yeah. got like a museum or something out there. But, oh, yeah. Uh, no. Uh -huh. Yeah. That'd be dope. Okay. Yeah. What about you? If I could go anywhere in the world right now, I'd have to go tropical. I would oh, probably yeah. go... I'd probably go to like Tahiti. Okay. That would be dope. I really want to, I'd get into like surfing, surfing. That's something oh, that really? I want to do is I want to get more, like I'm all right. Like I, I get up, you know, but I would really like to go on surfing trips and just stay like by the water and, you know, explore waves and stuff like that. I'd also, oh no, it'd be dope to see the big waves in Nazare over in oh. Portugal. Have you ever yeah. seen that big wave documentary? Dude, those are crazy. Like a hundred yeah. foot waves, man. Yeah, yeah. I'd want to, I'd want to like watch those. That would be <laughs> dope. I don't want to, I have no intention of ever getting in that fucking water. But yeah, nah. It would be nice to watch somebody do something nice. that crazy. Have you ever been to Hawaii? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Beautiful place. I love that place. That's what got me into tropics in the first place. Yeah. The, um, what, but what's your favorite part of Hawaii? I'm a big island guy. Really? Where, where do you usually go? Well, I've only went twice and I went to, what is it? Oahu? I forget which islands. No, it wasn't Oahu. So the first time we went to uh, Honolulu, and then the second time we went to Waikiki. Yeah, so the island of Oahu. So the the main one that you fly into where Honolulu is. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good spot, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's super yeah. dope. It just gets a little bit like L.A., like sometimes, like in the city, right? Yeah, facts. And that's what I was kind of bummed out on the first time we went because we were just pretty much all in the cities. And it was cool seeing like the, the greenery through the cities because it's Far more green than it will ever be here. Uh -huh. But I, yeah, I really wanted to like go deep into the nature, see the volcanoes and get away from the city. Yeah, I fuck with the big island 
my um my aunt married a Hawaiian guy, so she moved out there and um it's super cool because they have I think there's like seven main climates, right? Like it's like Arctic, desert, wetlands, what the hell is there? Like uh grassland or whatever. You know, like of the globe, you learn uh-huh. about the seven climates. They have like six of them there. That's so crazy. On, all on the big island. You can go snowboarding in the morning and then go surfing in the evening all at the same day because like the elevation that uh-huh. the Mauna Kea is at and then you can go down. But I fuck with it. It's just like and then if you go to like the east side of the island, it's like Mars because it's all volcanic and just like uh, trippy. But yeah, yeah Hawaii is super dope. I change it. I'd go to Hawaii. That's my answer <laughs> right now. All right, man. I'd fuck with that. But and what's your ethnicity? I'm half African American, mm-hmm. and then uh, my mom is Native American. Oh, nice! So that's our background. She's from the Sioux people in Montana, so okay. like up there by Yellowstone. Like, do you ever watch the show Yellowstone, or have you heard of like the Battle yeah. of Little Bighorn? Maybe. Yeah, I've heard about that. Those like, and they fought General Custer. Those wow. were like my people. Oh, damn! So, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So they actually just bought a house out there in Montana three weeks ago, maybe. Hey, so they congrats. just they up and moved up there now. Oh, yeah. So. That's lit. Yeah, congrats to them. They're doing my mom's doing a lot of like restorative justice work up okay. there. So her background's in healthcare also. Um she's a physical therapist. Oh nice. And then she does a lot of like consulting work now, building like physical therapy clinics. Yeah. But yeah, how about you? Uh half African American and then my mother is half Guatemalan and half Costa Rican. Oh, that's cool. I love yeah. Costa Rica. Have you been to Costa Rica? I haven't, dude. I need to though. It's a spot. We went two years ago and it was like, it's magical there. It's definitely got a vibe. It's not like, I would prefer to be a little more developed in the area that we uh-huh. were, but it's definitely like, it's a hot spot. Like get out there now before it blows up. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that's what my family always tells me. That's one of the cool parts though, is I think you and I probably share this unique kind of ability to almost kind of like a cultural chameleon maybe or something like that to where you aren't really placed in the same you know what i mean like people meet you and they don't place you in a certain category yeah so they always have to ask right or they always have to do this or that like what are you what's your background this and that and it's so cool because you're kind of just accepted by like all people (laughs) yeah i don't know how do you feel do you think too like big about that or like how do you well Growing up, people would just assume I'm black and white because that's pretty much the only thing people were, you know, open to or what they saw. And so I was like, no. Nah. And then I had to tell them I'm Guatemalan, Costa Rican. And they'd be like, what is that? Where, yeah. where is that? So I'd explain it to them. And I feel like more recently, people are starting to ask, okay, what are you? Instead of assuming, oh, you're black and white. So I tell it to them. And uh, I think it's a, it's real interesting how you brought up like uh, like you could kind of fit into many groups because my father used to tell me, well, actually, a bunch of people would run up to my oldest sister and say, like, are you Middle Eastern or something? Oh, yeah. She's like, what? No, nah, no. Nah. And then uh, me hanging out with all my, uh, my Arab friends, my Muslim friends, my dad's all like, oh, yeah, you fit in with them nice. I'm like, all right, man. Yeah, so I think it's pretty interesting. You know, it's kind of the cool thing that I get um, that I've kind of explained to people is that it's kind of weird not. You, so you understand, here's like the key, my key at least, to race relations, right, is you have your dad, right, who's a black man, mm-hmm. who's a different color than you, but you've never really thought about that. Like throughout your whole childhood, if you go back through your entire childhood up until you're like 18, let's say, until you're like, you know, a young adult or a man like you are now, 
you never see like black man you just see your dad right and just like your mom is your mom like a little bit lighter yeah yeah and you don't ever try to put her in a category why because love precedes everything else that goes so i've Uh, never looked at my dad as a as a black man or my mom as like this fair-skinned lady it's always just been dad and mom right uh just like my partner hannah i've never looked at her as like oh this pretty blonde white girl it's always just been like oh that's hannah so people have to grab onto something right you have to that's just the way that people work you have to grab onto something so if you can break down that barrier and the faster you can break down that barrier the closer you can connect and the closer you can build a positive relationship that's sort of where i'm at and the key point that i'm talking about you and i is we already have step one taken care of because they're not able, the code is an error. It's reading an (laughs) error, right? You're going like, oh shit, I don't have, I have to literally ask. And then before I even give that answer, I've already started the conversation of Venture O'Neill. Now you're getting this very charismatic, kind of lighthearted, funny guy. And then it's just like, I'm not too intentional in how I do it. I just let things organically happen. And then you just go like, oh, you're seeing more adventure and versus like any sort of uh prejudices or stereotypes of anything else you know but that's kind of funny that's something that maybe like if you haven't thought about that before you can it's it's a thing because i just i love human behavior man like that's my shit is i just love my favorite thing to do is literally go to the beach or go to disneyland or something like that or like a car show and just watch people i love people watching because people yeah. are so weird sometimes oh god right everybody has their unique feature to them or unique just aura yeah i feel like that's just the human nature that we're just sociable creatures yeah i love like honestly if i'm by myself i don't really like it but i love a good layover in an airport especially Mm. like an international airport like a lax or like a london or new york or something like that because you get people fucking weirdo global weirdos (laughs) you know you think like the american people are weird now you get like fucking these look at this family coming from india and you got like 13 kids on one back oh, or whatever man. and it's just like yeah, super funny to see everything going on and yeah yeah facts. i love people but, <laughs> but as far as like you're talking about finding your passions we can kind of go a little deep here with that as far as like cars and you have the nursing thing i like that keep that nursing in your back pocket because at least you're building a foundation what would you oh, yeah. want to do like what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail as far as auto industry? What is it? Would you want to build cars? Would you want to engineer them? You want to get under the hood? Do you want to just be more of like reviewing them, giving your opinion on it? What would you do? You want to start a show? Like, what would you do? You know, that's an interesting point. I, I did think about this one time. I think I'd want to review them. And then I think if I, if I get big enough, maybe building my own car would be pretty nice. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, your own actual car, or like, are you talking about just like restoring? No, like, like, yeah, starting my own car brand. That would be dope. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, it'd have to be electric though. Huh? It's like <laughs> if you start a new car brand, you're not gonna start a fucking you know Hennessy, like, you know? Yeah, with all these regulations, it might have to be. Yeah, yeah. Def- I that would not be my first take. Yeah, no. Uh huh. That's super cool, man. But so yeah, just like it. reviewing them and kind of just giving your opinion and your take because that's something cool that like i'd like to see more content coming from you because i didn't realize i knew you were a car guy but i didn't Mm. realize you were like that into it like that's your shit oh yeah like i know every ins and outs of pretty much any car that you tell me about so kind of the cool part is that there's the obviously there's a big market for people like that with that type of knowledge and the ability to document that 
that's sort of been the kind of key take that I'm at right now is I'm starting to, as far as documenting like life, that's the podcast. Hannah does a lot of like vlogs, things like that. Even like Kino's little dog page that I started like a fucking month ago is kind of starting to blow up now. Like he had a reel with like 7K the other day and I was like, holy shit, like I see you on his YouTube, we do shorts and there's like 10K, 8K. I'm like, all right, people (laughs) like dogs and stuff. So that's pretty lit. It's just funny. But the key thing with like our generation is we're moving from a information age like our parents they grew up in an information age where you had to go to the fucking library right or the internet was a new thing so getting information was a task right yeah now all the information's already in our pocket right Thanks. so now the issue is no longer getting information it's what is the correct information right yeah. so now we're transitioning from an info age to an authenticity age so Thanks. now it's one of those things where it's like he who can document, he who can really give the right information, how things feel, the culture about like these cars or these, whatever it is. It doesn't matter if you're a fucking pastry chef or a car guy or a finance guy or a, a fitness guy, right? People like to watch well-documented things, right? Whatever yeah. people's passions are. So the thing that I've started, and I haven't even talked about this on the podcast yet because I finally figured out what I wanted to do like yesterday, is I now kind of am starting this brand digitally called The Piggy Bank Guy. Okay. So The Piggy Bank Guy is something I think we'll probably put the first video out. I'll work on that like later today or tomorrow, definitely this week, to where it's going to help the finance business that we do because we're going to now start to expose and have certain like trivia things about like, hey, what what's the average retirement age right now in America, right? Is, no. it, is it 45, 55, 65, 75, right? So it's like, and then just have people on the street do interviews and just like have fun and sort of try to connect with people or like, hey, if there's a young parent that comes by, I'd be like, hey, do you know how much life insurance coverage you should have for the state or whatever? Just like uh, things, that'll definitely that are, get hits. Oh, yeah. things that like are relatable to everybody because everybody has money. Like, yeah. you know, as an adult, you got to, you got to fucking do it. And it's something that'll be like educational to be like, oh, plant that seed. And then if people do need help, they can feel free to reach out, you know, and obviously me or my team can help them and assist them. And it's just one of those things where it keeps building. But I'm a big guy to where I kind of like to edit stuff like that, too. Like just like the show, that's kind of what you got to become. Like you have to because you can't hire somebody in the beginning. So if you're going to be putting out fucking 10 videos, you got to edit 10 videos and you only have so much time, right? You got to fucking edit it and figure it out. So that's something that we've spent the past like two years trying to figure out. And that's like something that I challenge you to at least like try to maybe think about starting a podcast or keep putting your shit out on TikTok and IG and YouTube and all that. But like really use your personality, be authentic, really talk right. about like how the fuck you're not top gear. You're not some old white British guy, right? Like yeah. And that's the key. You have to start your own personality. You can't kind of copy off somebody else. Yeah. And it's right. like you, I think that's literally probably the hardest part is just people are thinking that they have to be something else, but yeah. thinking that you have the value to actually be out there and provide value to people. I would love to watch shit like that. I'd watch everything that you did on like Oh, check this car out. Check this out. Blah, blah, blah. This is how I'm feeling. This is the weather. And like, shit's awesome. It gets me jacked up thinking about it. I feel like that's the best part of being charismatic. Because being charismatic, it's pretty easy to be yourself and be passionate about what you're talking about. And I I really like appreciate how how much of an entrepreneur you are. Because I see myself in your feet probably after I become a nurse. 
Because, yeah. I mean, you already have your career. You have time to do all this. And growing up, you know, back when, uh, I want to say during COVID time, you know, back when me and my homies would be on the PlayStation all the time, I used to record clips and edits and uh, put it on YouTube. And it'd yeah. be more of like a comedic edge to it, but you're still watching gaming. So I used to do that for a bit. And then I stopped doing it because school got out of hand. And then um, I also started TikTok back in the day. I got to like 13,000 followers and then school. So then I stopped that again. And then um, I also, I tried to, um, well, back when I got a 2020, actually it was a 2021 Honda Civic Sport. No, Honda Civic. It was the brand new body. And this was probably like the first month it was out. So I'm like, wow, I should film a video on this. So I did that, edited it. And then I put it on there. And then for some reason, I took it down. Don't know why, but yeah. And then um, and then on my birthday, my dad rented me a uh, Lamborghini Huracan LP 580-2 Spider with the roof off. So I drove that. And then I, I set my phone up with a suction cup on the passenger window, took it to the canyons, yeah, and just, just cruised around with it. And uh, that I think that would be the next step. I want to be able to review cars and film videos like that. And I want to post that video, but you have to be like 25 years old or something like that to rent a supercar. So I'm like, I don't know if I legally want to do that. So I yeah. say do it. And then you just deal with the ramifications after that. Like Thanks. that's, that's my thing is the biggest barrier that I see as far as like kind of people who are go-getters and people who aren't man is people think there's a rule book. Like they really think, I think it might've been school or the way they were conditioned or the way they were brought up, but they think there's a rule book. They think like they have to, am I allowed to do that? That's their first thought is yeah. they're allowed to do it. My first thought is who's going to stop me. Like huh. that's pretty much it is if I'm like, oh yeah, you want to do fucking car videos? Hell yeah, dude, f figure it out how to get it or whatever. I don't know. There's not like, oh, who's going to allow me to do that? Who have to, who have to ask? Cause there's so many teachers, there's so many coaches, there's so many things like that to where my brain is not a micromanager. Like I have zero patience in the idea of trying to take you step by step and hold your hand for it. I'll definitely coach and mentor. And, you know, if you have questions, fuck yeah. But I like pick my brain. But I'm not here to say, hey, are you coming to practice today? Right. Hey, are you coming to work today? Hey, no, because your actions are going to dictate how much you want this. Right. Yeah. So fuck that, dude. It would be kind of cool, too, to even see something like you said your pops is so passionate about it. You could kind of lean into that, too, because then you would have stuff documented with your dad, like from this era. Right. And yeah, that, that would be cool for you guys to just like go back and forth, whether it's a podcast or a, a show or something like that, to just kind of like bounce ideas off. That's something I wish like if my dad lived closer or what I'll do is I'll figure out how to do it digitally. Like as we get cameras up, I'll probably figure out how to stream from the TV and then just sit on the couch with the mic. Uh -huh. And then maybe while he's in Vegas or Montana, we could like just start a show doing that. Oh, yeah. And that would be cool too, because it's funny like I'm, I have my mom's beauty with my dad's personality. Like I'm a perfect split kind of of them. Uh -huh. And there's just like, they kind of just like made this combo and I'm the combo, but he's so much more like, I'm very funny and quick. He's super funny and quick because I feel like he grew up in an era where like you had to, you didn't have autocorrect. You didn't have like time to tech. You had to be quick on your feet, you yeah. know, like there was no internet. So I see that difference in like what I do and what he does. And it's just super cool. Like I like him. It's such a great relationship. And like dads are important, you know, facts, like, big facts, mm -hmm. super important. dude. What Especially would you say the most important thing you've learned from your dad is? 
Most important thing I've learned from my dad. I'm going to have to think about that. Because he tells me a lot of stuff. Like, What are some of the most important things? And I asked that question wrong because I don't want you to pick one thing. Just, <laughs> just a few things then. It's to stay persistent. Make sure you put in the most amount of effort you possibly can. And to not give up on things you love. That's awesome because that's the same quote that I would say my dad gave me as a kid is you control your effort. Nobody controls yeah. your effort but you. And that's word for word. We said nobody controls your effort but you. And I go, oh, yeah, I guess so. Like, are yes. you really going hard enough? No. For real. And I'm glad my dad actually got me into sports too because I feel like a real valuable lesson that I've learned from sports, especially from track, is that you'll get to a point where it feels like, like you're done, like you're dead, and that you can't get past this limit. But in running, literally, you get to a point where you feel like your muscles are dead, you're literally going to drop on the track, and then that's it. But then if you tell your mind, all right, this is just a feeling, I could get through it, you end up getting through it, and then you get into what I call a runner's high, yeah. where it feels like you could just run forever after that point. But you have to get through that barrier that's right in front of you first. Yeah, man. And I would say... Let me drink my water. Mm -hmm. I've I found, I played all the sports, you know, wrestling, baseball, football, fucking track, you know, did it all. Soccer, tried it all, right? Yeah. There's only two that really can make a high level human being. I don't want to say like a, a tough man, right? And make it a tough guy or girl. It doesn't matter. I would say wrestling does it and track mm -hmm. does it. Those are the only two to where you have a point where it is just you out there. It's you yeah. in your lane or it's you in your circle out on the mat and you have to dictate what's going on. You have that moment to where you have to push through, you know, you're wiped out, you're fucking dog tired. There's nothing else to give, but yet you got to dig deep and really get after it. And there's no better feeling than being on the track, right? And knowing that you trained harder and you're able to pass that guy next to you who's yeah. starting to heave and huff and puff. <laughs> and it even gives you a little bit more like, oh, yeah, fuck, I got I got 10% more than this guy. Let's keep going. Yeah, facts. That's an interesting point. Yeah, because with team sports, you could kind of, all right, I could probably put in like 80% effort because I have the whole team with me. And they'll, mm -hmm. they'll cover for me. But yeah, I saw this one video from Mike Tyson. He was talking about how before he hops in the ring... He is, he's scared, like hella scared, scared of the opponent, scared of, of failing and the fact that it's just himself in that ring and his mind dictating what he's going to do. And I'm like, wow, that, that really plays into how it feels with track because you train your whole life, right? Then you get to meet days. You're hella scared that you're going to, you're going to fail in front of everybody because it's really just yourself out there. But then you have to put on this facade in this face that you are the most confident guy out there. You have to rely on your training and rely on rely on your mindset that, all right, I did this training. I know my ability. I could gauge these people out here. It's just me, myself, and I, and I, could, I just got to get through it. And then once you do, you just feel like the man after that. Yeah. That's Dude, that's crazy. it too. I think we saw the same video where he's like, I'm scared. I'm scared. You know, I'm nobody, this and that. And then I put the robe on and I get to walk out there and, you know, I'm like 10 steps from the ring or whatever. And then I'm five steps from the ring. And then as soon as I get in the ring, he's like, oh my I God. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, no one in the world exactly. is going to fuck with me. I'm the baddest motherfucker ever. Yeah. That dude is a beast. I met him twice before. Really? Yep. When what? I was growing up in Vegas, uh -huh. um, I, used, I went to the Floyd Mayweather camp. 
as like a kid, like, you know, elementary school, middle school, like young kid, right? Uh And um, did the thing. Floyd was there. That was cool. And then Mike Tyson came in. And as a kid, you don't really know Mike Tyson. Like, you just don't. I think I remember I was like, oh, this guy's, I've seen him somewhere, like on a, you know, highlight or something like that. Yeah. My best friend and my brother, Daniel, this guy is everything that you have with me, he's the complete opposite. So where I would say if you put me and Daniel in any situation on the globe, I, I wouldn't want to have anybody else out because I think of things a certain way that's very calculated, very disciplined. Yeah. And he's just almost like a like a Dave Chappelle. Like he's the funniest guy you'll meet and he's uh, okay. He's going to say whatever to anybody. Like if it doesn't matter who's in there, it could be the queen of England with all the guards and Daniel would be like, I'd still tap though, you know what I mean? Or something like that. Like he's just a wild guy. So even in like the fifth grade or whatever, Mike Tyson went out there and he's given like raw, raw speeches to the kids and they were like a QA and a and he raises his hand and I was like, the fuck is Daniel about to say? And he raises up and he goes, did you really bite some guy's ear off? And like to Mike Tyson, right? Uh And then I had nothing about this. Like I'd never seen the video. I was a little kid. Uh And he goes, Mike Tyson goes, yeah, I probably shouldn't have did that. And then he pauses, and he goes, but I did. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this guy's fucking crazy. What do you mean? And yeah, he was just like, but I did. (laughs) And then he like walked away. And we're like, what the fuck? All right, good talk, Mike. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a bad – he's definitely an icon. Yeah. And who would you say, like, since we're already talking about sports and stuff, I would say my, like, top two that I could throw in there that really have affected my life are Muhammad Ali – is number one, and then number two would be Kobe Bryant. Yeah, probably. Honestly, I might have to agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah, because growing up, I really I haven't been into sports at all. I just always played them, never watched them though. But uh, yeah, you always see Muhammad Ali out there giving motivational speeches, and you always hear Kobe talking about his business ideas and what he wants to do for the people, and always giving his motivational speeches on how he plays the game and how he gets into the mindset of things. Yeah, so yeah, I'd have to say them too. Dude, I fuck with that. And then like how I define an icon is somebody whose greatness and mastery of their craft allows you to feel like you can um, be inspired to master your own craft, even if it's in a separate industry, a separate space. I had no interest in boxing, but I feel like... I can go out here and attack whatever it is that I'm going to attack because of the words that he said, right? Yeah, Same thing facts. with like a Mamba mentality, right? Serena Williams is another one, right? I'll even throw Eminem in there, right? Yeah. To where you have a guy, I have no interest in rapping, but no. through the way he does it, you go like, oh, fuck, this white guy is literally the goat. Like he's up there. You could say he's the greatest of all time and it's not a lie. Like, yeah, you facts. know, so it's one of those things like you see it everywhere and that's just one of those things. Are you conscious? Like, how conscious are you of sort of finding inspiration in other people's stories like that? Dude, I I always find inspiration from people's story. And it's always from people who come from a, a, I wouldn't say a terrible background, but people who don't come from the best backgrounds and make it to be the top. Those always motivate the shit out of me. Yeah. Like this one guy, Manny Koshbin, he's a multimillionaire who made his money off real estate. And he's a big car guy, has a big collection. And uh, I watched his story, and his story is that uh, him and his family came here from Iran right before he turned 15, I think it was, 14 or 15, because his dad didn't want him to go into the Iranian army. So they came here, they lived in the car for a few years, homeless, and then uh, he had to work at a, at a Kmart at a very young age, and then he sold peanuts door to door, and then he made his way up to becoming 
one of the richest and motivational guys in the car industry. And I really look up to him because he's a real charismatic, funny guy. You know, he's not like those rich people that's real snobby and like, oh, who are you? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, I look up to him, too. That's super cool, man. Uh, I think what I can identify in you since we've been sitting down in this short time is... You're 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 kind of like a tiger that's still in the cage right now. I don't know if you feel like that. Does, I feel like that. Yeah. Sometimes exactly. that can. Uh, it, that. It, it stressed me the fuck out to the point where it was just like I was almost in a depression. Literally, just. I mean, it, it's what would happen. What would you do if you stuck a wild animal in the zoo, right? And just put yeah. him in the cage. He's eventually just kind of gonna fizzle out and i felt like i was hitting that like without sports like you said man i wouldn't have went to school i wouldn't have did anything i did two things i liked sports and i liked pretty girls that was pretty Uh much the only reason i would ever go step foot in a school if they didn't have those two things (laughs) i wouldn't have went you know if they didn't have both those things i just wouldn't have went so you're somebody who's developed super early like i did like i am we have very similar uh, mindsets and paths. It's just that, like, quote unquote, societal time frame. Uh-huh. When you're early, you're like, "Fuck!" If I could just finish this nursing school, right? I was the same thing. I was like, "If I could just get this sociology degree, I have no interest in ever going into anything." I mean, I guess podcasting. I talk about society shit like that, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, just yeah. this degree, I'm not going to be a fucking guidance counselor. Like, uh-huh. I'm not going to be any of that. So, they didn't have a podcasting degree they didn't have a fucking uh business degree in the way that i'm doing business of like hey you just start from nothing dude and you just live like shit for a few years and then maybe you're able to link up and build it and you just keep wiggling you know and then eventually you do it but as far as like how i felt man is i felt so I, i was in a little bit of a different position though because i had to i was still paying for my housing all throughout college so I had to pay for Southern California housing. I had to pay for tuition at all the schools I went to. Oh. And I still had to study and I still had to work full time, right? So I was just sitting there like, fuck, man, if I could just drop these three things and just work full time, I'd blow past all these motherfuckers. Like, yeah, right. not to compare myself to anybody or whatever, but I'm telling you right now, you think whatever you think is hard, no, nah, I'm good. I can, I can do it. Uh, you yeah, know? for real. Yeah. So is that kind of how you're feeling as far as like, Man. you're just like, I can't wait for it to be over. Not because you don't like what's going on. School's cool. You like it. Like I liked school. However, my dream is on the other side of this. That's exactly how I feel. And that's why I'm glad I got into sports because it literally trained my mind into thinking I could literally do anything I put my mind to. Yeah. And I feel like school and getting a degree is just the gateway to then becoming free. Like yeah. to me, I, I have to go to school. I have to become a nurse. That way I could get the money to then do whatever the fuck I want to do and actually become financially free or free in whatever I need to do. Yeah. Dude, that's super cool. And also just like the way the mind works. One of the breakthroughs that I made like in probably my last year of college was my body, you you have the discipline with the body. You can build your body as big, as little, as fast, as strong as you can do it. You understand that discipline. But once I realized, oh, I'm just one man, you're you're limited by being one physically by being one man, right? Like your mind can take your energy places your body never could. And that's looking an interesting point because that kind of ties into why I went to school just to go to school because my clique is a bunch of masculine 
traditional guys who all go to the gym. They're all trying to go into the medical field. They're all studying Islam to become the best people they possibly can be. So I'm like, wow, this is what better click could I ask for? So after quitting track, I'm just going to the gym and I'm studying and we're all just kind of building each other to be the best possible to get us ready for real life. And talking about how you said like kind of compared me to a lion in a cage. Yeah, like exactly. That's exactly how I felt or feel now not becoming a nurse yet. And uh, it's funny because track and sports in general, you'd be there pretty much every day of the week, right? Always putting yourself through physical exercise and then you go home and you study or whatever. Quitting that, it almost, there was a void. And then I'd sit home for a bit and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? What do you identify as, right? Because you always identified as an athlete and then you don't have that thing anymore. And now you're like, oh, I actually put a lot into it. I remember that too. You're like, like, well, what the fuck am I? What do I do? And then you're at a crossroads and some people don't know what it is. And then other people like you are like, oh, whatever the fuck I want, right? Um, Oh, Yeah. So then (laughs) I kind of put all that energy into the gym. First time I went to the gym with my homies, I'm like, that's it? That's all we're doing? And so that kind of opened my eyes. I'm like, okay, bet. So I could put in hella amounts of effort that most people aren't really doing in the gym and build myself and and I'll be lit. So that's exactly what I'm doing. Ever since I quit track, I um I gained 15 pounds of muscle, I like nice. to believe. Yeah. Yeah. And uh well that's yeah, also nice. too like how much are you weighing right now? I'm uh 176. 176. Yeah. Uh now you're 176? Yeah. It's uh something happens too, like right there at 20, you're at it right now. It's almost like it happened to me in COVID in 20. 20 that's fucking crazy because i think i was maybe like 185 and then you just your your frames you have such a big frame and i also have like a pretty lengthy frame too it starts to fill out now to where like your legs who your legs have always been like skinny chicken legs right or something like that then they start to your quads just get bigger everything inside like it doesn't look like it gets bigger sometimes but it just it like becomes an oak tree like it's just such a weird thing to where like compared to 20 compared to like right now let's say it's just my spine like everything inside is just it's a man so it's really cool because you're becoming like a man you got like another probably two years of that on that timeline you keep lifting you get up there dude you get up to like i think i might have weighed in at like 215 maybe like 220 but it just it just happens dude like you don't try to do it it just like you're like oh shit and then there's this weird thing to where you might hit like i don't know next year the year after after you're done putting on all this weight to where you look in the mirror and you also don't identify your physical. It's almost this weird body dysmorphia, but not uh-huh. in like a, not in the way other people have it. It's almost like, well, who the fuck is this guy? Like, <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean? I don't really know yeah. this guy. Or you look at yourself in a picture and you're like, I don't think I'm that big because you still see your version of like yourself maybe yeah. in high school exactly. or something. Yeah. And you remember that. And then you're like, oh, well, no, I was still growing. Now I'm just a fully grown man. Or let's say I'll look at pictures of myself next to Hannah. Hannah stayed the same size, you know, she's since she's like 15 or like a girl, right? She's like the no. same size. But yet when we met when we were in our teen years, I've continued to fill out and get bigger and bigger. And then... I look at us together next to each other and I'm like, holy shit. Like if you look at this picture of Disneyland or whatever, when we were kids and you look at now, it's just like, I've changed so much (laughs) and grown and it's just like a funny thing. But yeah, like I'm definitely, it's super cool what you're on. Like I'm super happy that we've been able to connect and hopefully continue to, you know, build this relationship. And, you know, like I say, 
always have an open door policy here. Yeah. Like the reason why we have, you know, such a nice apartment and like a good location and stuff like that is because we love hosting people. It's an open door policy. Anytime you need anything, you don't hesitate to ask. And the cool part is I will tell you no too. So like that's yeah. the cool part is I'm very transparent. If you ask for something, it doesn't have to be like a, well, I don't know what he's thinking because one of the big compliments that I get is people always go, well, at least we know what he was thinking. Like <laughs> I'm, you know, your biggest supporter, your biggest cheerleader, but if you're not doing something, I'm also in your ass. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, because that's how I want people to be straight up with me. Yeah, you facts. Know? Big but facts. as we kind of start to close out this interview, man, how how's your first podcast experience doing? Man, it felt natural. Like what you were saying earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It went by like 30 minutes. Crazy. Yeah, it's super good. Yeah, it was pretty nice. I would say I usually kind of like to close out with maybe two questions for our guests. Is the first one being like, is there anything that you wanted to talk about on this show that maybe I didn't get to? No. I think you pretty much hit everything on yeah. there. Uh, That's what's up. All right. Appreciate that. And then the next thing would be, we ask every single guest that comes on and comes on the show, who are maybe two or three people that you can think of that you would like to see on the show? So people that I'm looking for are maybe hopefully people that are local that we could reach out to and maybe have come sit in the same chair that you're sitting in. Maybe somebody not in college, like somebody who maybe is starting their career or has a cool job in cars that you could think of. Like maybe like a family friend or, you know, like a, you know, homeboy or a sibling or something like that. Who would you like to see on this show? Uh, well, most people I know are my age. So one person for sure that I'd like to see on here is uh, one of my best friends. Either one of the twins. Okay. I'll meet a rock room because they, they pretty much have the same values as me and the same views, but they have their own twist to it. Like we're a trio, right? So mm -hmm. I'm more of the logistics guy. I like planning things out, making sure everything's good and straight. And then uh, my homie Ahmed, he's more of the, uh, all right, here's the math side of things. Make, pretty much piggybacking off my logistics and all that. And then Akram's kind of just, he hears everything we say, and he's just kind of along for the ride. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you'd like uh, the twins, uh -huh. and then who's somebody else? I'm going to say... Hmm. His older sister, because she, she just got into a career, and she's kind of in that. Uh, she's kind of in that generation where I feel like, like she's twenty seven, same same age as my older sister. I feel like that generation they kind of got lost for a little bit. You know, they came from the era where when they were kids, being goth was cool. <laughs> they had the tamagotchis. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. See what you're saying. What's her name? Yeah. Her name is um, a seal. I see. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to a seal. Well, yeah, I'll see if we can, um, you know, get their contact info and reach out and see if they'd be interested in coming on. The cool part is there's no pressure. You know, I don't force anybody to do anything. All That's I can fine. do is just reach out and leave the ball in their court, right? Well, yeah. hey, brother, thank you for coming on. Thanks for this having me. This has been Natural Thoughts and Talks. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Mm -hmm.